0: It is relatively rare for a healthy woman to experience any sort of complication from GBS. Remember, this is considered a naturally occurring bacteria inside your body after all. However, during pregnancy and birth, it does occasionally cause complications. GBS can lead to a uterine infection during or after pregnancy increased UTIs during pregnancy, and or a serious infection of the membranes surrounding baby, which we know as chorioamnionitis. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where you'll gain the knowledge and confidence you need to erase the unknowns of pregnancy and birth and rock the newborn days like a boss. My name is Liesel Team. I'm a fellow mom, labor and delivery nurse, and your host. Each week on this podcast, you'll hear a mix of birth stories, expert interviews, and other fun pregnancy and birth related content. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice. Please see mommylabornurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now let's get into this week's episode. This week on the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, we are talking all about group B strep and pregnancy. Group B strep is a type of bacteria that's naturally present in as many as one in four women. It's not harmful to you, but it can cause serious issues for your baby if it infects them during birth. For this reason, group B strep screenings are a standard part of prenatal care, at least here in the U.S., And with an occurrence rate of up to 25%, I want to make sure you all understand exactly what group B strep is all about. So here we are going to learn the details about this infection, how GBS disease can impact your baby, and how your provider will screen for GBS. And lastly, we'll take a look at what it means for birth if you are GBS positive. If you do have group B strep, your birth will be a little bit different because antibiotic treatment is highly recommended, but luckily it's not as big of a deal as it sounds, and we're going to get into it, I promise. So are you ready to learn? Let's do it. If you've made it to the third trimester, then I'm willing to bet this whole birth thing is starting to feel, well, real right? (laughs) Be sure to grab your totally free third trimester prep pack to keep you on track. Inside, you'll find our super popular hospital bag checklist so that you know your hospital bag is stocked with everything you need for the big day, traditional and visual birth plan templates to help you think through all the questions related to your birth and gain the sense of control you deserve, and a third trimester to-do list so that you can feel completely at ease heading into your labor, knowing you've checked every box. To grab all of this for free, simply head over to mommylabornurse.com slash third trimester. That's mommylabornurse.com slash T-H-I-R-D trimester for your free third trimester prep pack. All right, get ready for some jam-packed info about GBS, Group B Strep. So like I said in the intro, this Group B Strep is a strain of bacteria that naturally occurs in as many as one in four women. That's a lot. So about 25% of you guys who are listening now, this applies directly to you. So this bacteria lives in the vagina and rectum, but rarely if ever has any negative effects on the women who have it. And in fact, most women are totally unaware that they're colonized until their group B strep screening comes back positive. So is it contagious? No. According to the March of Dimes, group B strep is something that's just kind of naturally present in your body. It isn't contagious in adults, and it's not something that you can contract from sex or water, food, or anything that you touch. Then, okay, Liesl, why is this group B strep bad if it's just naturally present in us? So the problem with group B strep is that this bacteria can pass from you to baby during labor and delivery and this is actually pretty rare, only happening about one to 2% of the time, but antibiotic treatment is highly recommended to prevent GBS infection to your baby because the outcomes for baby can be dire. So how does GBS affect my baby at birth? So when GBS is passed down to baby during birth, they are then said to have a GBS infection or sometimes we call it GBS disease. Symptom onset of a GBS infection to baby can occur within the first seven days of life, which is early onset GBS, or later when they are between seven days and three months old, and this is considered late onset GBS. With early onset GBS, symptoms usually do present within 12 to 48 hours after birth, and this type of infection passes to baby during birth. Antibiotic treatment during labor significantly reduces baby's risk of contracting a GBS infection during birth, but it's important to know the warning signs just in case. Symptoms include fever, drowsiness, and trouble breathing. We don't like that. These symptoms can quickly develop into life-threatening infections, including sepsis, which is a blood infection, basically an infection of like your whole body that we don't want to happen. Pneumonia, which is a lung infection or meningitis, which is an infection of the fluid lining of your brain. And Boston Children's Hospital states that nearly 75% of all GBS infections in babies are considered early onsets. That's important to remember. Let's talk a little bit about late onset though first. So late onset GBS occurs in babies that are older than seven days, usually up to 12 weeks old. And this type of GBS infection is not passed down to baby during birth. Antibiotic use during labor and delivery doesn't prevent the infection either. And in these cases, it's often unknown how baby became infected with GBS. The U.S. CDC explains that scientists and experts, you know, don't fully understand GBS transmission aside from during birth. But what we do know is that the immature immune systems of very young babies, newborns, seem to put them at risk. So symptoms of a late onset GBS in newborns include coughing, congestion, fever, drowsiness, and neurological symptoms like seizures. Nothing that we want going on with a little little tiny baby. And like early onset, this infection can cause pneumonia, sepsis, or meningitis. So what if my baby gets a GBS infection? So on the rare chance that your baby does contract early onset GBS after birth, Modern medicine does a really great job of treating these complications. Yay for modern medicine. With treatment, your baby has a 95% survival rate, even if they do contract GBS disease. And remember, this is a very, very small percentage of these babies that mom is positive for GBS during pregnancy at the time of birth. And then that small percentage of babies that do end up getting this GBS infection slash disease, 95% of them, if they're treated, survive. I will say, though, the risk of death in babies is higher among premature babies, which makes sense because their immune systems are even less mature than a term newborn it is important to be aware of the long-term development issues that GBS infection can cause for your baby, even with survival. In particular, meningitis, which like I said, is an infection of the fluid around your baby's brain. This can lead to cerebral palsy, hearing problems, learning problems, and delays and seizures. So does GBS pose a risk to you? It is relatively rare for a healthy woman to experience any sort of complication from GBS. Remember, this is considered a naturally occurring bacteria inside your body after all. However, during pregnancy and birth, it does occasionally cause complications. GBS can lead to a uterine infection during or after pregnancy increased UTIs during pregnancy and or a serious infection of the membranes surrounding baby, which we know as chorioamnionitis. I know I've talked about that on, I think I've talked, I mean, I know I've talked about it before on Instagram, but I think I've touched on choreo on the podcast. Now I can't remember. I should do a whole podcast episode on choreo, just like I'm doing this podcast episode on GBS, because that's a really good one. I'm going to write that down right now. <laughs> podcast episode idea. So if you have any signs of infection during your pregnancy or during the days and weeks after birth, it's important to contact your provider immediately. These symptoms include fever, pain in your abdomen, increased heart rate, changes in blood pressure, or anything else that feels off. When will you be tested for group B strep during your pregnancy? So now you understand the risks involved with group B strep. It makes sense why we screen for GBS routinely during prenatal care. Antibiotics are highly effective at reducing babies' risk of infection, so it's important to know what we're dealing with. Luckily, it's super easy to screen for GBS. The CDC recommends that all pregnant women be screened for GBS between weeks 35 and 37 of pregnancy. Remember, as high as one out of every four women are colonized, so it's just important to just check everyone. It's a quick little swab. So you may be wondering, okay, Liesl, like, why are we doing it so late? Like Why can't we do it when I first find out I'm pregnant? <laughs> So provide screen for GBS when you are right before or kind of right at full term because it gives the most accurate picture of whether you are colonized or not. And interestingly enough, the presence of GBS bacteria can kind of come and go in adult women. I know it's real weird. <laughs> in fact, being GBS positive during one pregnancy doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be positive on your next pregnancy, although this does seem to kind of be the trend if you were positive with one of your pregnancies, you might have a little bit of an increased risk being positive with your next pregnancy, but not always. What's more, you can develop it later in pregnancy, which is why it's recommended to test so close to your birth. So we might swab you at 20 weeks of pregnancy and you're positive, but then we swab you at 37 weeks and you're not, so you're okay. Okay. On the flip side, we might swab you at 20 weeks and you're negative, And then, oh, at 37 weeks, we swab you and you're positive. So we kind of want to get it as close to delivery as possible. All right, the sound of that baby crying means it's time for this week's segment of Birth It Up, Babies. This one says, I just wanted to give a huge thank you for your scheduled C-section course. I had an emergency C-section with my first son, so I thought I knew what to expect. But after watching the class, I felt so calm and prepared this time around. I went in on a Monday morning. Baby boy was born at 8 a.m. and I was discharged Tuesday at 3 p.m. I'm two weeks postpartum and almost feeling 100%. That is so great to hear. That's awesome. Still taking it easy, of course. So much different though. And we are successfully breastfeeding. Yay! I had to exclusively pump for 10 months with my first. So again, such a different experience. Thanks again. Mama, do you have a planned C-section on the horizon? Here at MLN, we believe there's one statement related to C-sections that always holds true. A C-section is birth and just like every other birthing mama you deserve the confidence that tailored birth education provides that's why we created one of the only online birth classes out there exclusively for c-section mamas c-section birth comes with its own unique set of unknowns and what-ifs and your experience doesn't have to be one that you navigate in real time as a passive participant birth it up the c-section series will make you an expert on the entire C-section timeline and give you the positive mindset and sense of control you deserve before your birth. Learn more about our online C-section birth class at mommylabernursecom slash C-section birth. That's mommylabernursecom slash C-section birth. So what do we expect? It's not scary. Okay. The group B strep test is no big deal. It's quick, painless, and best of all, Accurate. Basically, you or your provider, you can do this. Again, you can swab yourself. (laughs) So, you or your provider will just use a big old swab to swipe from front to back across your vagina and rectum. And then it's placed in a tube or bag and sent off to the lab to check for the presence of group B strep. It's that simple. It's not too bad. We don't have to get in there with a speculum or anything. It's just a little swipe. In some practices, your provider or nurse will swab you on the table. Let's say you were up there anyways, and you had your pants off, like no big deal. Let's just do it real quick. But in many others, you'll be just kind of sent to the bathroom. They'll give you a little sheet of instructions, like I just told you what to do, and you'll swab it, and then you'll bring it out and hand it to your nurse and be on your merry way. So what happens if I'm GBS positive? Okay. So if you test positive for GBS, you'll need IV antibiotics during labor to help rid that bacteria from your body and protect baby. The standard safeguard is that you'll need IV antibiotics at least four hours before you give birth. This gives the IV medication enough time to get to baby and provide protection if baby is exposed to the GBS bacteria during labor and delivery. According to the CDC, if you receive these antibiotics during labor within four hours of delivery, baby's chances of contracting that GBS infection that we talked about in the beginning, that's real scary, is about one in 4,000 as opposed to one in 200 if antibiotics aren't administered. So a lot of moms, a lot of you guys might be wondering now, like, why can't I just take antibiotics leading up to birth? Like, why does it have to be an IV during birth? Unfortunately, GBS grows back really quickly. That bacteria is a very, very, what's the right word? Aggressive, I guess. (laughs) So the only way to really knock it out for the entire labor and delivery is with antibiotics that we administer via IV. Another question that I get all the time is, I am GBS positive, when do I go to the hospital, Liesl? I thought you said I'm supposed to stay home as long as I can, but I got to have this four hour window or like, what the heck do I do? So if you're GBS positive, you know that we ideally want you to get a dose of these antibiotics within four hours of delivery. But as you also probably know, it's impossible to predict how long you're going to be in Libra. Usually the guidance is that if your water breaks and you're GBS positive, you need to go ahead and come right into the hospital. This is because after your water breaks, labor can ramp up pretty quickly, but obviously that's not always the case, okay? Otherwise though, if this is your first birth, the guidance isn't really too different. Most providers say it's safe to wait to come in until you are in strong active labor. Good news. That's fine. Though, if this is a subsequent birth, you may want to err on the side of caution and come a little bit sooner than when those contractions really start ramping up and you're having trouble talking through them and you're just huffing and puffing and your mood's change All the things that I've told you guys about when to head to the hospital. It's a little bit harder to predict, but we kind of want to catch it on the early side of when those signs start happening. As with most things like this, as you know, you'll need to ask your individual provider the right plan for you. Okay, Lazel, got another question for you. What happens though if I don't make it to the hospital in time? I did the best I could and I tried to get there as soon as I could, but I just, my baby had other plans. If for some reason you don't make it to the hospital to get your IB antibiotics in a timely manner, it's okay. We're not going to, you know, tiss tiss like shame on you. No, it's Okay. So yes, your baby is technically at an elevated risk for infection now. Those stats that we talked about, instead of the one in 4,000, now your baby has a one in 200 chance that they might develop that GBS infection after birth. Like I said in the beginning, though, we love modern medicine. Luckily, modern medicine is highly effective and you will be in the best hands for observation should symptoms arise for your baby. In most hospitals, what we usually do, you know most of the time what happens is they'll want to watch baby in the hospital for any symptoms for at least 48 hours. It's possible that this can lead to a slightly longer than average hospitals say. So if you're you know second time mom, sometimes they'll let you go. 24 hours after birth, but if you are GBS positive and you didn't get those IV antibiotics, they're going to say, hey, it's really in your best interest to stay for at least 48 hours so we can watch for those signs and symptoms. They also may want to draw labs to see if baby's blood counts indicate any signs of infection. What now is birth like? There is this common misconception that if you are GBS positive, you have to be hooked up to an IV for your entire birth, and we can't stop it at all. That is not true. IV infusions are usually only 30 minutes long, okay? So you get your antibiotics, and then if you want to be disconnected from your tubing, that's totally fine. However, obviously, if any other IV medications are needed, like Pitocin, you're on magnesium... This, that, and the other, you have an epidural, you need fluids, whatever. You might have to, you know, remain connected to your IV pump. But let's say, you know, you're just in spontaneous labor, you don't have pitocin going, you don't have an epidural, you're just GBS positive. We just give you this little 30-minute IV infusion, and then we can just disconnect you. No big deal. This means that you can still totally utilize any and all labor positions and pain coping strategies that you want to have your best birth. This will be especially important if you are planning for an epidural free birth, like I said. Okay. So are there negative impacts of antibiotic use during birth? You see, some research does indicate that antibiotic use during labor can delay the immediate production of healthy gut bacteria in babies. But the same research shows that by 12 weeks, their gut bacteria is just as developed as babies that weren't subject to antibiotic use during labor. There is also some very new and interesting research occurring about the early development of a healthy microbiome and its effect on metabolic and immunological processes later in life. Super cool and interesting. This may indicate a link between microbiome development delays and an increased risk for diseases such as obesity, allergies, inflammatory bowel disease, and even some cancers. I do bring this up with a huge disclaimer, though, that this research is very, very new and it contains a lot of unknowns, but just throwing it out there. And above all else, the use of antibiotics for the prevention of GBS infection far outweighs the negative impacts of antibiotics. So I'm in no way suggesting that you just, you know, skip them if you're GBS positive. Obviously, always have a choice Two way pros and cons, right? You can refuse anything at all, but it really is in your best interest, from what the research says, to get those IV antibiotics. What can i do to mitigate the effects of antibiotic use during birth though so one of the best things that you can do is practice lots of skin-to-skin care and breastfeed if possible there's a lot of fascinating and positive research that shows how skin-to-skin care and breastfeeding can support the development of a healthy microbiome in c-section babies And the same school of thought supports that it can help babies born under antibiotic use too. Makes sense, right? What's more, you can probably benefit from taking a probiotic after birth too. So like baby, your gut bacteria may be kind of wiped. And some women also may be at an increased risk to develop thrush after heavy antibiotic use or have digestive issues and a probiotic can help with this. Big fan of probiotics. All right, that is the end of this episode. Whether your GBS test is at your next appointment or you've been deemed, you got that stamp, your GBS positive. You have now got that whole lowdown on why this screening is so important. As you now know, antibiotics are a wonderful line of defense against infection. A positive screening means that your provider can make sure you and baby receive the best possible care to keep you both safe during delivery. Yay. That's good. (laughs) All right, guys, that is it for this episode. I will catch you guys same time, same week, same week, same time, same day. I'm trying to say same, same time, same day next week. (laughs) I'll I'll just see you on the next episode, whenever that may be. All right, guys, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and letting me be a part of your motherhood journey. It is truly an honor. If you like what you heard, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And I love hearing what you guys think of the podcast. So if you're liking what you hear or you have a suggestion, I'd be so grateful if you'd go ahead and leave me a review wherever you're listening to help more mamas just like you find the show. What do you think? Are you starting to feel a little more confident about your pregnancy and birth? Well, if you want more, be sure to head on over to mommylabernursecom podcast for today's show notes and a library of episodes so you can keep getting educated before your upcoming birth. And while you're over there, be sure to check out the blog and learn about our online birth classes. Find it all and more over at mommylabornurse.com podcast. See you next week. Same time, same place.